0: The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. You enjoy it now.
1: And welcome back to The Fast and the Curious with me, Betty Glover from my garden and Christian Hugill from his usual study spare room. But before we get started talking about Barcelona, Christian, there is something that we need to acknowledge <laughs> before you start talking and addressing our audience, please.
2: Well, I can't talk very well. I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's something we're going to have to acknowledge.
1: That is always what you want from your F1 expert when you want to talk about Barcelona post-race. Why do you sound like that, mate? Because you sound absolutely bloody awful.
2: Can I just apologise to you, to producer Jimmy, to team principal Greg and to all of our listeners for my lack of professionalism. I went to a festival that some of our listeners will know and some of them some won't yesterday called the Mighty Hoopla, which is in London and is known for two things, Betty. It's known for its pop music uh, and it's love for the LGBT community. So I did a lot of dancing and a lot of singing. And I actually, I was hung over this morning, but I, over the course of the race I've recovered, but my voice hasn't. So I don't actually <laughs> feel as bad as I sound.
1: So did you manage to watch any qualifying or anything? No,
2: not not a, not a moment of it. I caught up this morning and last night. I didn't have a speck of 5G signal at the festival and as soon as we were pouring out the gates and anyone who's been to a festival will know this you have the thing of everyone's checking the phone because no one's had signal for hours and everyone's looking at booking ubers or whatever or seeing where they're going to get food and i'm on the bbc sport website looking at qualifying I'm like what happened to leclerc <laughs> so uh yeah but I, I i caught up by the time the race started i was all happy with what's going on but i don't i don't sound in a good way do i and i'm not putting this on
1: no We're going to have to keep this one quite short and snappy. And also, you cannot try and go high-pitched because (laughs) your voice sounds dreadful.
2: (laughs) I do struggle not going high-pitched at the best of times.
1: Let's get straight into it, Christian. Barcelona. I saw a tweet that said, Highlight of the race. George thought it was raining. It was sweat. So that was their favourite part of the race. How do you sum it up?
2: No, I think it was a great race. I want to before we get on to the race at the end of the last episode of the podcast for anyone who was with us I said that there was a chance of rain and Betty and Greg reacted like I'd said there was a chance of dinosaurs roaming the track like that's not going to happen and rain was an ever present threat during the weekend so wasn't as ridiculous
1: No 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 Christian I'm going to stop you there mate. You said There is going to be a lot of rain that is going to affect the race. Me and Greg went on the weather apps and it just said straight sunshine for days, maybe like 9% of rain. Did it or did it not rain?
2: There was a constant threat of rain which played into the storyline of the weekend.
1: Did it or did it not rain during the Grand Prix?
2: Sure. I think what's important to focus on here and what our listeners want to know is that there was a threat of rain and rain was a possibility and talked about during the race. (laughs) I enjoyed the race, Betty. Let's start from the top, shall we? Because Red Bull and Max Verstappen are sensational. And Martin Brundle, who's the UK commentator, if you're watching on Sky, uh, said at the end of the race... You have to enjoy the excellence. We're witnessing sporting greatness. And Betty, we speak a lot, don't we, about we love sporting stories. Mm. And, and listen, I've said this so many times on this podcast. I'm a neutral, but I'd like it to be closer because I like a battle because that's what I like from the sport. Same. But at the same time, we are witnessing one of the great F1 cars and in in 10 years time people will go oh well the 2023 Red Bull of course when they're talking about the great cars and Max was flawless bar putting his wheels over the white lines but again that shows Betty when we had him on this podcast and he says he doesn't get bored of winning even when he could frankly afford to stop at the services and have a browse in WH Smiths he or whatever the spanish equivalent is <laughs> he's still pushing to the limit almost beyond the limit i just thought Red Bull were sensational.
1: The other thing that everybody is talking about post-Barcelona is Mercedes and how they've kind of come back into this. Talk to me about Mercedes, Barcelona Grand Prix.
2: Two things. Let's just talk about the driver front. Credit to and hats off to George Russell and Lewis Hamilton because they do tend to maximise everything they can get. And Lewis with a great second. George with a great third. They had to battle past Aston's, battle past Sergio Perez, battle past Carlos Sainz. Excellent from George and Lewis. And we mentioned as well, that obviously a lot of teams were bringing upgrades for the Imola race that didn't happen. And Monaco is a bit of a funny one because it's, let's be honest, not a real circuit. So we were going to see where the pack sort of fits in. We'll... Mercedes have taken a step forward because this weekend wasn't as good a weekend for Aston Martin with 6th and 7th for Lance Stroll and Fernando Alonso in that order. And Mercedes to be sat in second in the Constructors World Championship at this point is phenomenally impressive. And again, I mentioned it on the last podcast. Lance much better today, but in the couple of previous couple of races, hasn't maximized it. It's so tight between the, the second place teams, between Ferrari, Aston and Mercedes, that it's such pressure on the drivers to really maximize everything. And it, it's it's impressive for Mercedes. They will now hope they can if they've taken this big leap, they can now I mean Max won the race by twenty five seconds. Well let's hope that we see Max winning the race by 12 seconds in a couple of races time, then five seconds and Mercedes can get better. The one thing I would say is Aston Martin will be bringing upgrades in future races themselves.
1: Do you see Mercedes beating Max Verstappen at any point the rest of the season?
2: No, not on sheer pace. I I, I think the best we can hope for is them getting closer. I still don't think Red Bull will win every race this season because say say today, right, it had, had rained. It, there were such black clouds in one part of the circuit. Um, and Max had um, <laughs> produced Jimmy going, well, leave off. There was black clouds.
1: Did it rain though, Christian?
2: <laughs> it didn't rain. Piss off. Right. Say, say it did. That could have tripped Max up if he hadn't gone into the pits at the right point. Say there was reliability issues. It's it's there's such pressure on Sergio to be there to pick up the pieces because I still think there'll be something that happens in one of the races. But no, I can't see on sheer pace, Mercedes beating them at this point. Also, before we move on, are you all right? Because you said there was a bumblebee and I can see you looking around quite nervously in your garden. Is this making you (laughs) sort of reflect on your decision to do it in the garden? Are you still stressed by the bumblebee?
1: Yes, slightly regretting my decision to do it in the garden because it's it's buzzing right by my head. But it's fine. I'll let you know if anything happens. I'm sure you'll hear me scream. Mm. Christian I was gonna say it was really nice wasn't it to see Lewis Hamilton smiling again in all the uh, post-race interviews wasn't it It
2: was because listen there was I remember earlier on in the year when Lewis had a couple of well I remember in Saudi George being fourth and Lewis fifth and Miami where, where George was fourth and Lewis was sixth and you see all on social media people going Well, as Lewis lost it, uh, it only takes the tiniest little thing for people to question that. Lewis is still exceptional. And all those things I was saying at the start of the episode about Max being great... It is lovely to see him smiling and lovely to see him enthusiastic on the radio because we saw this first didn't we? We were so fortunate to see him at Silverstone and see that hunger. We spent a good deal of episode two of this podcast talking about it, didn't we? Where you were like obsessed with him being on his knees and looking at every bit of the car.
1: Taking photos on his phone.
2: That hunger's still there. We're slightly being robbed of a classic season by Red Bull being so good. And as I say, credit to them. If Red Bull were on the level of the rest of them, it would be thrilling. So I just wish we could see Lewis in a car that could fight for wins again. But he said...
1: (laughs) He's getting excited. Yeah, But
2: he said, I thought there was a really little telling moment where he said to Nico Rosberg, who was interviewing him at the end of the race, I think Nico asked what you said, Betty. I think Nico said, well, can you catch him on pace? And Lewis said what I said and went, no. But Lewis did go, but next year. Yeah, we're very similar,
1: by the way. Yeah.
2: You've got better dress sense than Nico Rosberg, but anyway.
1: I should bloody hope so.
0: <laughs> it's low
2: bar. But, I, but it, was, <laughs> it was encouraging to me to see that optimism for next year already and, and, and going, yeah, listen, we're on the right path now. And a lot's been made. So Mercedes have ripped up their philosophy. They've, they've got rid of this thin slash non-existent side pod approach and they've gone the way Lewis wanted them to go with having bigger, chunkier side pods. And it feels like... They might have turned the oil tanker and be on the right path now.
1: Yeah, I saw a tweet that did really make me laugh. It said Formula One is fantastic because a team like Mercedes will spend hundreds of millions of dollars developing an aerodynamic concept just to completely scrap it after two years and instantly become significantly quicker. F1 is mad. The two best moments of the Barcelona Grand Prix were... George thinking it was raining, but it was actually a sweat, which we spoke about at the beginning of the podcast, which is just absolutely brilliant. Can I
2: just say, well, George, he's so British on the radio, isn't he? He's the most British man ever. Is it it raining? Oh, no, just just a bit of sweat. Okay. And that's not a criticism. I love George. I just find him so charming and British on the radio. I think he's so funny. Yeah,
1: he's so funny. But then the other moment was when Fernando Alonso could have passed his Aston Martin teammate Lance Stroll for sixth but he kind of backed off held his position and he even went on the radio didn't he to let the team know and to tell Stroll that there was no risk that uh, he was going to overtake him which is that quite a sweet thing to do?
2: Th- that bird's in your gardens, properly that bird enjoyed the race. I wonder if your mics picked that up. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's he's bloody yeah. loud, isn't he? I have to pipe down. We've got serious com- content to record. Mm. Um, it's it's a very sensible decision because let's be honest, is Fernando Alonso going to be fighting for the world championship? Almost certainly not. Is he going to be? scrapping with his teammate to beat him in the championship. Almost certainly not. Let's be honest, Fernando will probably beat Lance in the championship.
1: Was it just a matter of keeping his confidence then, do you think?
2: No, I don't think it was that. I think it was a case of, we know as Aston Martin, we are in a battle with Mercedes and Ferrari for second and third in the championship. So we need to maximize the the points we're getting. This has been a bad weekend. It's damage limitation. And what I'm not going to do is risk... I'm a double world champion. I'm not going to risk passing my teammate for sixth and the two of us coming together. It's just not worth the risk. Let's just stay sixth and seventh. We spoke about this in the Miami race that Fernando looks at the screens and knows everything that goes on. He will know that the two Mercedes are running second and third. It's like, Um. tell Lance I'm not going to have a go. He probably could have done. He definitely could have done. But it's like, let's take our... Hat full of Constructors World Championship points. Let's do damage limitation. and Let's go again.
1: Yeah, I kind of read it as Fernando was like, you know what? For your confidence, I'll just let you, I'll let you beat me. Off you go.
2: <laughs> I think that would almost be worse for Lance's confidence if it's like, you can beat us today. <laughs>
1: Off you go, yeah. Lance. There we go. You oh, keep you, going. You stay there.
2: <laughs> don't worry about it, darling. You stay there. No, I don't think it was that. Um. I think it was, uh, I think it was, Let's take the points and run, guys.
1: Let's talk about our podcast mates then. We've got to start with Lando Norris, Christian. What a weekend. A lot going on for him.
2: The reality of the situation is that because Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes and Alpine are quite clearly the top four teams on pace, you've got eight of the ten points-paying positions very likely to be Hard to access, shall we say. So Oscar Piastri finishing 13th is about where McLaren were pace-wise this weekend. What you saw in qualifying with Lando, you saw Lando being exceptional and nailing a lap. And you saw the conditions in terms of tyres and track temperature just falling into McLaren's sweet spot. And when you've got a driver like Lando who is so good, who can, as we were saying earlier, maximise it. He goes and puts himself third when all the variables align perfectly. So you thought, oh, he might be able to cling on and get a couple of points from third. He was never going to stay third. They weren't that quick. But unfortunately, there was nothing in it. It was just one of those things. Spain's a thin circuit and and Lewis and Lando tripped over each other. Lewis was lucky, didn't get a puncture from it. Mm. Nobody's fault. Racing incident, and and that was Lando's race absolutely ruined from the off. We know that there are upgrades coming later down the line for McLaren. They will score points again and they will hope when these, um, when these upgrades come later in the year, they're in a position to score points more regularly, but it's not going to happen weekend in weekend out where they are at the moment. And to look through some of our other podcast friends, we've spoken about Mercedes a lot. We've spoken about Red Bull a lot. Another strong performance from Esteban Ocon in terms of pace and starting to just eek ahead of Pierre Gasly I think so I think Pierre will be really Sexy
1: Gasly his actual official name I think you'll find
2: I think Sexy Gasly will be keen to try and redress that balance the one thing I would say uh, the first and I think there'll be many of these the Christian Hugel naughty corner was Esteban Ockham was a little bit naughty in his fight with Fernando on lap 51 Uh, a bit of a a sudden jolt that was a bit too sudden for my liking when you're racing at 200 mile an hour. So Estevan enters the Christian Hugel Naughty Corner.
1: Christian, sorry, that just went straight over my head. Christian Hugel Naughty Corner. Yeah,
2: I've just made that feature up off the top of my head and and it's going to be a thing I've decided. The Christian Hugel Naughty Corner. (laughs) Estevan (laughs) Ocon is the first debut to go and sit on the Christian Hugel Naughty Step uh, for, his, for a slightly late dart across the track in that battle with Fernando. Nothing major. I'm sure
1: he's going to be devastated that he's the first to be in it's the... Just a bit naughty. That's all it was. Just a little <laughs> bit naughty.
2: Um, and then in terms of Williams, we know there are tracks where Williams will be able to pick up points. I think, unfortunately, they were the slowest car this weekend. I'll tell you what I was encouraged to see was that Logan Sargent's fastest lap of the race was only a tenth off of Alex Albon's fastest lap of the race. So good pace from Logan, but realistically the Williams wasn't anywhere near point. So again, Williams will hope for upgrades and will hope for tracks that suit them more later down the line.
1: When can teams upgrade? What's the crack? Can they do it whenever?
2: Teams can upgrade whenever they like. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry,
1: producer Jimmy is laughing at me. I don't understand why.
2: Producer Jimmy liked Betty's (laughs) casual way of asking the question. She's chilled in the garden. The bee's gone, everything's relaxed. Why
1: don't they just get on it tomorrow, sort themselves out?
2: You can bring an upgrade at any time. You have to be strategic in when you bring your upgrades in because you're only allowed a certain amount. You've got to operate within the cost cap that they will work out clever ways of maximising them. So some teams might bring smaller upgrades throughout the season. Others will go, we're going to bring fewer upgrades, but we want to see them have a bigger impact when we do bring them. So fewer, bigger ones or smaller, more frequent ones. So yeah, and and we should just mention as well, actually, while I'm I'm rambling, a disappointing weekend for Ferrari. You would think that if it was going to be, based on what we've seen this season, Aston Martin were having a bad weekend, you'd hope Ferrari were up there. And again, Carlos started second, admirable effort on Max into turn one, slipped to fifth. Again, Ferrari's pace just meh. And something's been wrong with Charles Leclerc's car all weekend. A dreadful qualifying. Something's clearly wrong. Charles Leclerc is quicker than that. He only recovered to 11th on a track where we saw so many overtakes today. As I said at the start of the podcast, great race, loads of battles, loads of overtaking. But Charles couldn't go through so Ferrari seem to think they've got something wrong but they don't seem to know what so that car will there's now obviously a two-week break between this race and the next one in Canada in a fortnight's time so that car will go back to Maranello the Ferrari base and they will take it apart literally and go right what's wrong because something's not right with Charlotte Claire's car
1: Christian have you got anything else to say any other business before we wrap up
2: I've got something I've forgotten to tell you oh go on I'm going to a Formula One team this week
1: where are you going? And why?
2: I got asked to do this in Miami and obviously I was quite busy. So sort of put it in my diary and then I'll be honest, largely forgot. And then looked at my calendar and was like, oh, that's this week. I'm going to Red Bull on Thursday.
1: Excuse me. Thanks for the fucking invite. Yeah,
2: sorry. Well, I'm going to Red Bull Racing to do a panel for Racing Pride. So for those that don't know what Racing Pride is, Racing Pride is the sort of motorsport industry LGBTQ sort of representation group and I'm very proud to be an ambassador of racing pride so I'm not going to speak to any drivers not going to speak to anyone from the the team but I'm going to the Red Bull factory in Milton Keynes to do a sort of Q&A amazing so yeah off to Red Bull and I'll obviously report back on what I managed to see when I'm poking around so that'd be fun won't it
1: that's incredible yeah tell us tell us what it's like firstly because we've never been to Red Bull so I want all the info and also exciting news guys just before we end Greg is joining us from his um you in
0: the car. I'm in my car. I'm at the vets and I've got a very very sad Barney. Oh. He's got um he's got the Elizabethan ruff around his neck cuz he can't l- lick his stitches for a couple of weeks. <laughs> he's just had an ankle surgery. Sad, <laughs> very very sad dog. I'm sorry I missed oh. the podcast, but um yes, as I as I received the invoice, I did think I do need to work extra hard on getting some more sponsorships for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I remember when my dog had his balls chopped off, and he came back and he sat there with the comb round his head, and he wouldn't look at me. He literally would not look at me in the in the eyes. It was heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, it is, but it's for his own good, and he's only he's only young. He's not even five, so it was worth doing because he, you know, he's he can have a lovely, lovely life. But anyway, so I was listening to the Grand Prix, and. Um, I sort of guessed it right. Yeah, you smashed it.
2: We've not said this, but yeah, at the end of the last podcast, Greg said Lewis third, George fourth, with a bit of a Mercedes Renaissance. And Greg, you smashed it. It was actually even better than you predicted. There was the Mercedes Renaissance, and Lewis second, II, George third. Missed it,
0: Greg. <laughs> what did you, I know you've probably gone through it now, but did you? What did you make of the Grand Prix? It
1: was. It was. Ex- it wasn't. You know overly exciting but it was a pretty good Grand Prix wasn't it? I
2: thought it was a great race because there was loads of overtaking there was loads of nice racing there was loads of nice battles pesky Red Bull being so bloody good at what they do.
0: What they were saying on the radio was that it's not a question of let's pin Red Bull back but let's make everyone else work harder and and bring and raise that bar because everyone's a bit like oh well they're too far ahead but is it not the case that it should be You're actually too far behind, guys. To
2: be fair to Toto Wolff and the Mercedes team... That's exactly what they've been saying. And Mercedes have had the boot being on the other foot with this. They were dominant for many years. Mercedes have said, look, we're not going to change regulations to peg Red Bull back. It's up to us to get better. So I think Mercedes would agree with you. And and all all of us as sport fans have to appreciate when someone's done a really good job. And if a striker scores 30 goals in the Premier League, you don't make him play with lead in his boots. The other strikers work hard to finish their chances. And it's the same thing. (laughs) So where do we go from here then? Canada, is it? Canada in a fortnight's time. So we've got a break next weekend. Then it's in Canada. Canada's a fantastic track. Very often creates drama. And you get the wall of champions. The final corner is a little bit of an S-bend going onto the start-finish straight. And it has caught out many world champions, including Michael Schumacher, Jensen Button. So it's a testing track. It's another street circuit, and it usually provides a great race. And it's another one where, uh, and you know I like to say this, it's another one where rain can't be um, ruled out as
0: well. So I love Canada. I really look forward to that.
1: Oh, here he goes. Christian. Shut
0: up. Um, But there was no rain in Barcelona, which we knew was going to be the case.
2: (laughs) Be nice to me. I'm feeling hungover. Be nice to me.
0: And speaking of... Plans and races and things. Silverstone's shaping up quite nicely. We're gonna have a very, very fun weekend of the British Grand Prix. I, I just feel it. We've got lots of things happening and lots of plans that we can reveal soon. It's looking, it's shaping up pretty well, isn't it, gang?
2: Coming soon. British Grand Prix News from the Fast and the Curious. British Grand Prix News <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. We don't have to turn everything into
1: a jingle, guys. But I am so excited because this is gonna be the first Grand Prix that I will ever go like I've ever been to. What do I expect?
0: Cars. Yeah, it's basically Glastonbury for cars. Wow. And people like me. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know, that's good. Rude.
1: Should we wrap it there, guys? Are we done?
0: We're done. Sorry I couldn't be with you, but I'm with this uh, Elizabethan dog. But I will be back full throttle next episode.
2: Greg, love to the Elizabethan dog. Love to you, Greg. Betty, thank you for being gentle with me while I was hungover. And I'd once again like to apologise for my lack of professionalism for this voice. I will be Returning to full fitness next time. Thank you from everyone at the Fast and the Curious. I'm going for a lie down. Good night.
1: Bye.